welcome. In today's episode, I am reading Neville Goddard's lecture from 1965 titled On the Law. So Neville tells his audience, I thought it would take a portion of John, a bit of Blake, something from a great scientist, and then my own experience and weave them together for you tonight and make it a very practical night. We'll start, first of all, with the scientist. That seems to gel in the minds of people that the thing is really based upon fact. Why, I do not know, but that's how people look upon the scientific mind. This chap is called Feynman, Richard Feynman, Professor Feynman at Caltech. He is considered one of the world's greatest physicists who is involved with our atomic bomb and our great nuclear bomb today. But basically, he likes the theoretical side of it, not the down-to-earth side. He wrote a paper which came out in 1949. It was printed in what is known as the Science Newsletter, and he was describing the behavior of a little particle which is produced by atomic dis- uh, disintegration. It is named today by our scientists as the positron. He wrote of the positron that it starts from where it hasn't been and speeds to where it was but an instant ago. Arriving there, it is bounced so hard its time sense is reversed, and it returns to where it hasn't been. Now, he said, an electron that is bounced is really deflected, but continues on its course. A changed course, but it doesn't turn around. So, he calls this little particle the turnaround. He said it has a capacity to meet itself coming back from where it hasn't been. Having observed this, said he, we must now completely alter our concepts of the universe, and no longer can we consider the universe and the future of the universe as developing continuously out of the past. We must now see the entire space-time history of the world laid out, and we only become aware of increasing portions of it successively, that the whole thing is done, and you and I only become aware of increasing portions of that, which is that the future is not developing out of any past, not after having observed the behavior of this little particle that they call the positron. I maintain that our scientists, by their observations, are only discovering the workings of their own minds, that the the physics of the mind cannot differ in any respect from the physics of the rest of nature. So they will not go along the mystical path, the path of faith. They must have it proved to them in their laboratories, which is perfectly all right. They're discovering in their labs the workings of their own mind. Now, whether Feynman discovered it to the point where he accepts it, I don't know. He's here in the city. He's in Pasadena. But here, these are his words, and I've quoted them accurately. It's the October 15th letter. Uh, of 1949. It's called the Science Newsletter and the date, you can find it in the library, October the 15th, 1949. When it was sent to me, I was stunned and thrilled because it is exactly how I felt towards the entire picture. Now, Blake makes the statement that the spiritual states of man, or he calls it the soul, uh, are eternal. Then he calls upon us to distinguish between the man, 
and his present state that eternity exists in all things in eternity independent of creation which was an act of mercy everything exists everything is present and everywhere now right now that's what he claims now we go to the book of john and there and then we'll see and then we'll come together and put them all together for uh for you <coughs> excuse me the 14th chapter of the book of john first of all he calls upon us not to be disturbed but not your hearts be disturbed you believe in god believe also in me in my father's house are many rooms were it not so would i have told you that i go to prepare a place for you and when i go and prepare a place for you i will come again and i will take you to myself that where i am there you will be also verse one through three now you read this and you think a man is talking to men it isn't so that's not the bible the whole drama is taking place within us as i read it it's taking place within me do not be disturbed you believe in god well believe also in me the being speaking is my very being for we are one for in this same 14th chapter he tells you i am the father i'm the only way there's no other way i am the way i am the truth i am the life verse six and so you believe in god believe in me for i am the way to god the father there's no other way so believe in me i'm talking to myself now in my father's house but i am he there are unnumbered mansions a mansion is simply a possibility there are infinite possibilities in this world and every one can be realized if i believe in me believe in me well how can i do it you mean i could this very night be the man that i want to be i could actually be anything in this world i maintain yes if i really believe in me well let me share with you an experience i did it this morning i retired quite early and therefore i woke quite early i had six unbroken hours and found myself at a very early hour of the morning fully awake but much too early to rise and disturb the household so while in my bed i practiced a little something that i've done over the years while on my bed i imagine i'm seated on my black leather chair in my living room i cannot see my bedroom from my living room i imagine i am seated on my black leather chair in my living room and when it seems so and when it seemed natural to me uh, so i could look mentally and see it in the far distant this bedroom my body in one bed and my wife's body in the other bed then i simply returned to the body i did a few did it a few times to get the feel first thing it proves to you the existence of something that isn't this you become aware of a soul you become aware of a power that is altogether different you look into the mirror and you think now that's me this is not it at all you leave that um you leave that that you think to be yourself on the bed and you withdraw as you withdraw you think of what is on the bed while you are seated in your imagination on the chair you think of the bed 
You don't go back until you want to go back. You sit there simply contemplating it. Then suddenly, in your mind's eye, you feel, I'm on the bed, and you feel emotion. The whole thing takes place, and you feel it as you return. Then, this is what I did. Having done the first thing deliberately, I thought, now I'm not going to do it deliberately. I'm just going to experiment. I will withdraw from the body. But not to say to myself, where will I go? I'm not going to go to my chair in the living room. I don't want to go to New York now because I have no plans for New York until the fall of the year. I don't want to go to San Francisco now, not until July. I don't want to go to Barbados. I have no definitive plans for that. So, I will not put myself in some definite or in some definite spot. I will simply withdraw in space. So I will withdraw not knowing where I am and think of the body on the bed. And this is what happened to me. As I withdrew and became perfectly still, thinking of the body in my bedroom on the bed, suddenly I find myself in a room. And the room is sealed. No door, no windows. There's no entrance or exit to that room. But I'm on the inside. Beautiful room. Lovely colors and people. Very friendly. So I went back to the bed. Tried it again, not knowing where the next one would be. I withdrew, and when I opened my eyes, I'm in a room, and here are the most angry crowd of men, all of the oriental persuasion, and they meant no good to the speaker. But I knew how I came into that room, and I knew I am completely free to leave it at will. They didn't know that. I knew it. So I came into the room, and here I am thinking of the bed and the body, and I, as they began more and more, as they almost got together in a plot of real violence, I simply imagined myself on the bed, and I'm back on the bed. So, I entered that interior through a surface that had no opening. Just as the sperm enters an egg, and it has no opening, either before or after the sperm has fertilized the egg, the being that entered that room was the power the creative power of God, the sperm of God, and I am it. You are it. Your imagination is it. That's the immortal you that cannot die. I know now, having done it several times last night, I fertilized quite a few states. Some were pleasant and some unpleasant. I have to reap them. I was experimenting. I must be willing to let those now come into being, for everything that I entered in that manner. For there are infinite possibilities in the world, infinite. And when I either wittingly or unwittingly enter, I fertilize it. Then it grows in my world as my harvest. <coughs> Excuse me, I do not always recognize my harvest. But there is my harvest. It couldn't come were it not that I, at some moment in time, either knowingly or unknowingly, fertilized it. That creative power in man is man's own wonderful human imagination. So you could this night take this series, just as Feynman said, think of the entire space-time history of the world as laid out, and we only become aware of increasing portions of it, successively. I have the capacity to meet myself coming back from where I haven't been. While physically, I certainly had not been in these rooms, but I have been in these rooms, 
and they were sealed as an egg is sealed. There is no opening on the outside at all, so the sperm easily passes through the surface of an egg, although on the outside of the egg there is no opening, either before or after fertilization. Well, these are the eggs, infinite number of possibilities in the world, and God's creative power, which is human imagination, penetrates them, and they come into being. The one who penetrates them stands and witnesses the harvest, but he doesn't recognize it because he does not remember ever having been, been there physically. No, you don't go there physically. Just as we are told, the positron starts from where it hasn't been and it speeds up to where it was an instant ago. Arriving there, it has bounced so hard its time sense is reversed and then it returns to where it hasn't been. So, I stand here, on my platform, or this morning on my bed, and then I assume I am not on my bed, without any direction, and then my inner eye opened, and I am in a room, and it's peopled. My presence in that room animated it. It has no power in itself. It's dead until I got there. So, I am in a room, and they all become alive. Why? Because I am the light of the world, I illuminate it. Then I am the life. I am the resurrection, I am the way, I am the truth. So as I enter this state, everything that was there becomes animated. You don't recognize that you are the animating power, the operate power that you bring into or bring it into life. There it is. Now, when I saw this angry crowd moving towards me, I decided to depart by simply remembering where the body was. And then I imagined myself on my bed, and then I opened my eyes. I'm back on the bed. So did I not start from where I had not been physically? And did I not speed to where I was physically? And arriving there, I was bounced so hard my time sense was reversed. And then I start moving across a series of events which are going to take me to the harvest of that state. So this is the picture, how to bring things into being. So tonight, trust me, I have done it. We who sit here this night as we go into the silence, and then don't sit on the chair where you are, withdraw from it, and put yourself deliberately now, not in some nebulous manner, deliberately withdraw into another state. And then while in that state, whether your inner eye opens or not, you are in another state. And you're seeing exactly what you want to see, everything as it ought to be seen, and feel the thrill of it, and then return to the place on this chair, and you fertilized it. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, every egg has its own appointed hour, every egg in this world. That was a vision of yours. And so, as you're told in Scripture, the vision has its own appointed hour, it ripens, it will flower. If it be late, wait, for it is sure, and it will not be late. Habakkuk 2.3 If it seems to you to be late, wait, but every egg has its own appointed hour, and we fertilize every state in this world in the same manner. You are the operant power. You are the creative power of God. You are the sperm of God, and you go into these states and for one moment you occupy them. As you occupy them, you fertilize them, and then you return to that body, 
Now Blake makes the statement, man has no body distinct from his soul. That called body is a portion of the soul discerned by the five senses, the chief inlets of the soul in this age. So here we impose this limitation upon ourselves for our purpose, and we will use it in this manner. I can put it down and withdraw for the purpose of impregnation. So I put it on a chair, put it on the bed, put it in any place, and pull away from it, and then occupy another state. And then, as Feynman tells us, or tells me, I hurry back to it, start from where I haven't been physically, back to where I was an instant ago physically, and then I'm bounced by the blow. I'm not deflected to go beyond it, I'm turned around, and then I move back to where I have been in my imagination. So we're told in the 14th of John, in my father's house, there are many rooms, infinite rooms, were not so would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again <clears throat> and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you also, or there you shall be also, verse 2. I'm talking to myself, so I put this thing down on a chair or I leave it on the bed, and I go and prepare a place for you. And so I withdraw from it and feel myself to be what at that moment reason denies, my senses deny it. And having felt it, I then return and then take it with me to where I have been in my imagination. So I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, <clears throat> excuse me, there ye shall be also. And then I take it with me, right across the series of events, some wonderful bridge of incidents right into the place where I am in consciousness. Here in this audience tonight, um, two gentlemen, one told me just a little while ago, Thursday, and the other wrote me. I have the letter of one at home, and I have the memory of the words of the one who just told me his story. So when I heard you two years ago, I had nothing but literally nothing. Today I have in my own name 30 pieces of property, 50 really, but 30 outright, 30 are mine. Well, I own 50 pieces of property, and I had nothing literally when I first heard you two years ago. I believed you and applied it. The other gentleman, in his letter, there's a family problem that can only be resolved in court. You can't resolve it outside. And we were told by the court because of a solid calendar, because of many reasons, or many other reasons, it could not be brought to trial to be resolved until the end of the year. And it's an urgent problem. I am part of that family, and I wanted it solved immediately. So, I denied the facts of a crowded calendar. I denied the words of my lawyer. I denied the words of the court. And simply remained faithful to the assumption that it is now resolved and this past week, I received word from the court and from my lawyer it will be held next month, in the month of March. I know it's completely resolved as I wanted, but it can only be resolved in the court. It can't be resolved out of court. They wanted me to wait until the end of the year, and it's too urgent. And so now I have tangible proof it will be resolved in the month of March. So I say to everyone, it's done in the same way. Your own wonderful human imagination is not a state. That is your existence self, or your existence itself. 
the soul of man the immortal soul is your own wonderful human imagination it cannot go to eternal death in that body which cannot die how can it it's forever it's passing through all these things and you and i don't try to become a holy person that's not our purpose as Paul said, and he included Peter, when he made the statement in the 14th chapter of the book of Acts, he said, We are men, speaking now of the two of them, men of passions like others. We pretend not to be holier than others, just as you are, verse 15. You don't have to be a holy man as a whole, as the world calls a holy man to practice God's law, because holiness is not a passport to heaven, believe me. All you need to do is believe in your own wonderful human imagination. That's God. That is the being spoken of in Scripture as God. And God's creative power spoken of in Scripture as Jesus Christ is your own wonderful human imagination when it is in action. God only acts and is in, and is in existing beings or men. So let us to him who only is, who is among us, and our own wonderful human imagination, let us give to him the decision. And that's uh, from Marriage of Heaven and Hell from William Blake. So tonight, when you go home, if you can't do it here, when you go home, do it. Just simply withdraw from your body. You can easily do it. And may I tell you, there's no thrill comparable to the discovery of the soul of man. Because as you withdraw and you sit elsewhere thinking of the body, uh, as you left it, when you return, you feel the whole return. You actually feel something you can never feel while you are all anchored in the body. You feel it and you sense the reality of something that cannot be detected by the mortal eye. You don't have to go a hundred miles away. I used to practice this in New York City, sitting in my chair in the living room. I would put myself at the telephone, which I could not see from the angle when I was looking in the living room. While I was at the telephone just simply talking, I would suddenly assume I am back, and that sensation of return, I discovered through that act this feeling in me that is the power of, of sense, the power of sense, for imagining is that wonderful sensitive power in man. It's the soul of man. Imagination is simply this peculiar reality, really, that you don't know until you try this. Tonight, anyone here can prove to their own satisfaction that you have a soul, you are a soul. My dentist yesterday said he just came from a convention, and while discussing all the new techniques of dentistry, his small crowd was concerned about immorality. One chap in particular said to him, Jim, do you believe in survival? He said, yes. Do you know? He said, no, I believe. Well, do you know of anyone who knows? He said, I think I do. I know one chap. I'm going to see him today in my chair. He tells me he knows from experience of not only survival, but resurrection. But you hear all these doctors. They're all dentists, but that doesn't matter. Doctors, too, they can't find the soul of which I speak in the brain as they operate. They can't do anything to that body and find it. Yet you, without being a doctor, you could find it this night by simply sitting next door by a matter of yards. Put yourself on the chair and feel that you are on the other chair. And just wait. Wait. Don't move. 
Just wait in that state, and when you feel it naturally, you are just actually sitting in another chair, and then remember where you were. As you remember, all of a sudden you return and you feel what you can't feel if you're always anchored in the body. Now, just as you detached yourself to move there, you can detach yourself and move into any state in the world. There are infinite states, no limit to the states, called rooms or houses in the scripture. These rooms are simply called mansions. In the early days of our state, we had the great monasteries and the weary traveler could remain for a night or maybe two days for a rest as he moved north or south. And there he remained. Well, in the grand manner, a far greater picture, these states are where we rest while we are seeking one thing only. We're trying to find the only true God. And so we go from state to state to state in our search to find the only true God. And you can find him if you do what I asked you to do tonight. Not only you'll find him, but you'll find him as a power, and you can go into any state and fertilize it. Your entrance into a state, as you occupy it, fertilizes it. I know, as I stand here tonight, I've got to reap what I did this morning, just because I experimented. I'm quite willing to reap them. I'll reap them, all of them. But it was such fun, not taking some definite spot, just taking a withdrawal. I remained withdrawn from the body. As I withdrew, I remained, and suddenly I find myself on the inside of a closed room. And I mean closed. It's sealed. There's no door, no window, no opening at all. Everything is sealed, but I knew how I got in. I got in by the power of Jesus Christ. My own wonderful human imagination. And therefore I could get out just as I got in. And when the angry crowd started moving towards me, for I animated them, they are part of that state. They belong to that state. They are always part of that state. And so I unwittingly fell into it by not deliberately setting myself a goal. So I fertilized it. It'll come and I must be quite willing to receive it, knowing that I can escape from anything in this world if I remember who I am. So I say to everyone here, Take these passages and put them together. The scientist who finds a little particle, he doesn't know he's watching his own mind. And this little thing starts from where it hasn't been, and it speeds to where it was an instant ago. When it arrives there, instead of being deflected to continue on its way, it is bounced so hard it's turned around, and it moves back to where it hasn't been. So you move back to where you actually have been in consciousness in your imagination. You haven't been there physically, but you come back and pick up your body physically and you take it across the bridge of incident, a series of events leading up to where you actually have been in consciousness. <coughs> Excuse me, then you can turn to the 14th chapter of John and see how the first three verses are related to Feynman's discovery. I will go and prepare a place for you. And when I go, I will come again, and I will take you with myself, that where I am in consciousness, there in flesh, ye shall be also. <clears throat> then you move across a series of events, and there you go. 
to reap the harvest of your own fertilization because you fertilized it. Then you can see Blake's vision where the whole vast world eternity is and all things in eternity independent of our individual acts of creation. They all are. These states are. I didn't create these Orientals. They were all in that state. I withdrew from my body, which is only a portion of my soul discerned by my senses, to find myself in a state. I'm the light of the world. I am the life. I'm the way into these states. I'm the truth of these states. So that when I moved into the state, they became animated. And they are angry in that state. And I did not deliberately go into it. I was simply experimenting. And I fertilized it. For my presence in any state is life, and I fertilize. So in the course of a day, when we do not know this law, how many states you and I fertilize in our daydream? As children feeling sorry for ourselves, so mother simply punished us because we did something that we should not have done. And so not knowing this law, we go in the backyard mentally and eat worms. So when we go into the world, we reap the worms <clears throat> because we forget that in these states we're fertilizing them. For our imagination is the creative power of the universe. It is Christ Jesus. It is the creative power of God as told us in scripture. 1 Corinthians one twenty four. So you can start tonight and do it deliberately. May I tell you, try it this night. Just feel the reality of the soul. You will not be part of that crowd of dentists from yesterday who have no knowledge of a soul because you'll feel it. You'll know it. You'll actually know the existence of a soul. And so instead of wondering what's going to happen to me, do we really survive? Is there such a thing as a future beyond the grave? You won't have to ask that. And you don't care whether you sleep tonight from the grave in this world or not. Because you know as far as you are concerned it doesn't really matter. You are immortal. He's prepared the way for his creative power to return to him. And that way that he prepared is revealed to us in scripture as a life of Jesus Christ. His birth, his discovery of the fatherhood of God. His wonderful story of the serpent. And you will discover this much that it's on three different levels. I've been giving you the middle level tonight. You read the story on the first level, which is called the first deck of the art. It's literally true, like a story that you will read over. That's the first deck. The second is what we have been discussing, the psychological motion to fertilize these states. And the top story, which is a spiritual story, is identical with the first, only it's personal. It's very personal. Everything said there and thought of, another you experience. So when he threw the rod down and turned it into a fiery serpent, you realize what throwing the rod down is, that you are that very one. Your spinal cord is that rod thrown down, and you turn into this fiery serpent, and up you go. So everything said in scripture, on the third level is a personal level, and you experience the whole thing personally. On the lowest level, you read it as history, something that took place thousands of years ago, and that's how you read it. On the second level, which we discussed tonight, you can do it to fertilize states and change your world, change everything in your world to conform to your heart's desire.
like the chap who would not take the statement the calendar's so crowded you can't possibly get the case in until the end of the year wouldn't accept it he denied the facts fertilize the immediate present and the court calls the lawyer calls it's resolved in the month of march the other chap had nothing now he has thirty parcels in his own name and fifty all told and he had nothing when he heard the story he fertilized all these states that's the second level then comes the third level and oh what a glorious level when the entire story unfolds within you personally and it's all your story the child the resurrection the tomb all these spoken of as another it's all about you and you experience everything in it the dove spoken of another not another at all the luminosity of the heavens when the whole heaven open and then the voice sounded out of its praise and its thrill and its pleasure with this sun and descended on that sun in the form of a dove and it's all you everything spoken of another that took place thousands of years ago you experience that's the third level then you wait for the inevitable removal of this which you crystallized for a purpose you assumed this limit of contraction called this body and when you take it off it resolves itself and then you return but then you return infinitely greater because of your experiences in this world so when blake made this statement quoting the 14th chapter of the book of acts he added a line to it in fact he changed it somewhat when he said we are men just as you are men no holier than any man in this world and knowing what he did to find it out he said bring forth all your fires put me through all the furnaces of affliction i will take them so i fertilized just to test a horrible state well i can't deny i did it it's my child so bring it and so i move into a state of war in my own stupidity all right bring it i can't deny my children on this plane i heard of i heard of all kinds of things and then stupidly moved into it unwittingly and fertilized it now they've got to come everything must come into this world to prove the power of my creativity if i know it i will let them come and then quickly cut them off because what you planted you need not let it go or you need not let it go forever you can cut it off but don't until it grows he said do not attempt to tear up the little weed let it grow with the weed and as they grow then you can separate them so let them grow for you didn't plant only the tares and only the little weed you planted the wonderful things in this world so let them come together when they're completely matured then you can simply separate them <clears throat> so tonight in a very simple way for those who are here for the first time let me show you how we actually operate this simple simple principle instead of withdrawing from the body unknowingly into an old state you withdraw deliberately into a predetermined state so you put the body on the bed or on the chair and you imagine yourself in the state predetermined a state you really want to realize in this world you want to be successful with whom would you share it a few friends at a little dinner party or a luncheon or a tea or a cocktail party any kind of a party 
where they would discuss your success and truly discuss it in the sense that they would be happy about it. Well now, know exactly where you're going to go while you are still seated, anchored to this body, and then let the body relax and get into that area in your mind's eye where your friends are present and you're all discussing your success. And it all seems natural. You are accepting their praise, accepting their congratulations, and it seems very, very natural. With all of the sensory tones of reality, then return to the body and follow Feynman's concept. It starts from where it hasn't been, and it speeds to where it was an instant ago. As it arrives there, it has bounced so hard it's turned around. Its time sense has turned around, and now it returns to where it hasn't been. <clears throat> See it? It starts in time from where it hasn't yet realized the state, and moves back to where physically it was only an instant ago. And then it's bounced and turned around, and it moves now across this bridge of incident, leading up to the fulfillment of that state in consciousness where you were, where all these friends were gathered together to congratulate you on your good fortune. And that's how it works. So you can take Feynman, the 14th of John, my experience of this morning, and my friend Blake, and put them all together. And see, they're all talking, <coughs> excuse me, about the same thing. Only I would have everyone here do it deliberately and not unknowingly so that you would only fertilize lovely areas. But this morning I did it just for fun because I really don't care. If I know that I'm bringing all things into the world, it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> I don't judge anyone, really, because he is not the state. He simply fertilized it at some point in time and therefore forgive him because he did it unknowingly or he would not have brought it into the world. So you can forgive everyone in this world for what he's harvesting because he had to harvest his own fertilized field and he didn't know he was doing it. So Blake said, always discriminate between the state of the man and the man. And he identifies the man with imagination. He said, man is all imagination and God is man and exists in us and we in him. The eternal body of man is the imagination. And that is God himself. So you can forgive a man for his state, for he certainly planted it <clears throat> or he fertilized it. It was always there, but not fertilized and could only be fertilized if the soul entered it, and the soul and human imagination are one. So we can start tonight, in spite of what is coming into our world, and duplicate the success of the two gentlemen that I spoke of tonight. There will be eventually a 100% success. I'm not saying that you're not going to harvest the unlovely things that you did in the past. You'll harvest them. But then know that you did them and forget it. Don't blame yourself. Don't feel sorry for yourself because it's feeling sorry for yourself in the past that caused you to fertilize that state. So we all know as children, if we were criticized and we thought it was not just criticism, we felt very sorry for ourselves and wanted to hurt those who loved us most by our own self-pity. And that act of self-pity, you were fertilizing. You didn't know it because we certainly were not in the body. We were completely gone, were we not? So that's how we do it. But above all things, you can discover the reality of the soul, that which cannot die. So when Blake said, when I first and once did.
did decree the immortal man that cannot die and what a thrill what a joy it is to discover that self of selves that cannot die it doesn't really matter you don't want to leave your friends you have obligations to life you have wives and husbands and children all kinds of things in this world and you feel that your presence is necessary you know that much but yet you are resigned to go any moment in time because you know you planted enough or you should know that and you'll take it off although they'll miss your physical presence nevertheless you don't have that fear of going there's no fear of going at all you'll go any moment in time when you know the reality of the soul of man for they can't die either you know that much so the parting is not forever the parting is only for a little moment and all must make their exit from this world all must so it really doesn't matter so try this night to feel and discover the reality of the soul of man and know that that is the sperm of god the creative power of god and every state it enters it fertilizes and these states mature in the world now let us go into the silence all right so there we have noble goddard's lecture titled on the law from 1965 thank you so much for joining me i will see you guys next time all right bye now